I do love our Sunday morning gatherings, be it online or in-house. And I must say, never has a sermon series had a better kickoff than what Nathan has done for us in the names of God. Amen? Man, it's just been so good. Every one of us has become more familiar with Elohim and Yahweh. Elohim desires to fill every aspect of our lives with his creative power. And Yahweh is inviting us to take part in this great story of redemption. He who was, who is, and is to come has actually already started an eternal story. And he's inviting us to join him, not just in the forever, but the for now, <laughs> to join him even right now as this story continues to unfold. And because we can't see Elohim Yahweh, because we can't understand all that he has done, is doing, or will yet do, he gives us another name of himself to let us know that he is above all. El Elyon. God says, I am Elohim, the most high God. Now, it seems early on in life, we begin to see our parents as the best. My mom can cook better than your mom. My dad is stronger than your dad. It seems three girls were bragging one day in the cafeteria at school. The first girl said, my dad's so smart, he can speak and talk a whole hour on any subject. And the second girl said, oh, yeah? Well, my dad's so smart, he can talk about any subject for two hours. And the third girl said, that's nothing. My dad's so smart, he can talk for three hours straight, and he doesn't even need a subject. Three boys in the schoolyard bragging about their dad. My dad runs so fast that he can shoot an arrow, and then he can start running, and he can get there before the arrow gets there. Second boy, oh, yeah, my dad's a hunter. He can shoot a gun, and he can outrun the bullet. He can get there before the bullet gets there. And the third guy said, oh, yeah, you guys know nothing about fast. My dad works for the government, and he's so fast he gets off work every day at 5 o'clock, but he gets home every day just before 4. That's fast. All right, being the smartest and the fastest and the strongest is really something that is respected and admired by all cultures. That's why we all enjoy the Olympics. So when the creator introduces himself as El Elyon, God Most High, that was no small statement. Oh, no. It's the first of the, combine, of the compound or the combined names of God in the Bible. El is an abbreviated form of Elohim, which we now know is God the creator and sustainer of the universe. And Elyon is the Hebrew name meaning most high. So God most high is this title 
that's used in the Old Testament nearly 50 times. But El Elyon, the Most High God, might be kind of misunderstood as though there is this some kind of hierarchy of gods. Now, Jesus made this very clear. Look what he said. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he goes on to talk about that. And there was a guy there that responded, Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one. And he had a little bit more to say. But Jesus responded to him. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely about God being one, there is but one God, then Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom. There is only one God. And when God introduced himself as El Elyon, God Most High, the world was largely polytheistic, which there are huge populations that are still that today. El Elyon was a name to help people who would bow down to many gods begin to start thinking about this concept of there, in fact, only being one God. You see, if you grew up worshiping many gods, not wanting to offend any of the gods, to just throw all of that out and now worship just one God, well, y'all, that's a big step to take. That's a big change to make. El Elyon would go to extended measures to prove that he was the most high God. In fact, that's what the 10 plagues in Egypt are all about. Think about this. Each one of those plagues was a direct challenge to a supposed God that the Egyptians worshipped. They worshipped blood. They worshipped frogs and gnats and livestock and health and weather and locusts and light and darkness children, especially the firstborn. And El Elyon removed all doubt about his power over those imagined gods. In fact, the first time God uses this name, El Elyon, is in Genesis chapter 13 and 14. Abraham's clan had become too large for all of them to occupy the same region. So his nephew Lot takes his part of the clan and moves his part of the family to another area. And shortly after the family separates to inhabit these other places, Abraham receives word that Lot and his part of the family have been taken captive by five nations, five kings joined together and took Lot and his family and where they were living close to Sodom and Gomorrah, took them into captivity. So let's pick up the narrative in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 14. Look what it says. When Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out 318 trained men. Now, how many people came together? Five kings and five nations. And Abraham's got 313? I'm sorry, 318? I've ripped off five guys there. 318? Abraham called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. That's an area up north in north part of Israel. During the night, Abram, now remember every time you see Abram, that's really Abraham. God hasn't changed his name yet. Same guy. 
During the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions, together with the women and all the other people, all the other, all the other people. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem, Jerusalem, there was a king in Jerusalem at that time. They called the land Salem. They didn't call it Jerusalem yet. The king Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of El Elyon. First time in scripture it's mentioned. He was priest of El Elyon, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abram by El Elyon, second one, God Most High, creator of the heaven and earth, and praise be to Wembo, El Elyon, God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Now, you guys, this is such a peculiar passage in the very early parts of the Bible. We're only 14 chapters in. This is long before Moses will lead the children out of Egypt, long before Moses will establish the priesthood through his brother Aaron's descendants. So where does this king of Salem this priest of El Elyon, God Most High, where does Melchizedek even come from? Well, you know, the scholars are kind of in a tizzy about this. Melchizedek is mentioned again in one of the New Testament books, in the, books of, in the book of Hebrews. But even so, we don't really know that much about Melchizedek. You know what most of the scholars think? They actually think this is one of the surprise appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament. And you know what? I think they're right. I think this, I think this Melchizedek and Jesus, the high priest of El Elyon, I think they're one and the same. So what does this king of Salem say to Abram? Well, he wants to make sure that Abram and his 318 soldiers know who's responsible for conquering the five-nation army and rescuing Lot and his part of the clan. Melchizedek says, I'm the priest of El Elyon, and I'm blessing you in the name of God Most High. And I want you to know for certain that El Elyon is the one credited with delivering your enemies into your hands. In other words, El Elyon, God Most High, controls the physical realm. This, what we understand as earth and physical existence, it's his. Now, I know there's a prince of the power of the air, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But the control in this physical planet, is his. Now, I know that gives you a bone to pick with the one who's in control because sometimes he does what we don't want to do. And we'll get to that in just a second, too. But just take it for what it is. He's in control. He's God most high. He's El Elyon. 
He controls the physical realm. Now, let me move on just, just briefly. There's another fascinating story in another part of the Old Testament. And it'd be a cool word study just to go through all of the times that El Elyon, God Most High, is used in the Old Testament. That might be something that you would want to do individually just to kind of familiarize yourself better with who this is. But there was a king in the Old Testament in the land of Babylon named Nebuchadnezzar. And he was a very arrogant king, and he was humbled by this god. And he, be- he became very familiar with the name El El Yon. In fact, he was cursed to a life. Pick up the text in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 33. He was accursed to a life of being driven away from people, and he ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. You didn't know that was in the Old Testament. Beauty and the Beast, there we go. I mean, this, it's there, and this isn't mythology. This is the real deal. This is true. And you can go on and keep reading in Daniel chapter 4, and you're going to find out how this particular name of God had this profound impact on this whole situation. The point is this. El Elyon, God Most High, is in control of the physical realm. He's got it. Okay. Let me back up just a second because I don't want to leave out one thing that happened in that Abraham incident in Genesis 14. Now, remember, it's interesting that this is before the law is given. This is before offering and sacrifices have been introduced. And Abraham ends up giving a tenth of his wealth and resources to El Elyon. Abraham knew God gave him the victory over those armies. God most definitely gets the credit. And Abraham responded with tithing before tithing was even a thing. Isn't that kind of interesting? Well, I I thought the people had to be taught about tithing. No, there's something innate that when you realize somebody else controls the physical realm, there's something inside of us that's hardwired. I need to pay homage. I need to say thank you. I I need to give him something. One person said, plenty of people are willing to give God credit, yet few are willing to give him cash. Abraham gave a tithe acknowledging El Elyon's control over the physical realm. When you give your tithe, you are acknowledging the same thing. When you mail that check in or you go online or you drop it in that table, however you choose, you know what you're saying? El Elyon, you're most high. You're the top. And I could use this tenth, but I just want you to know my trust is in you. All of my money belongs to you. But this tithe is just a way of saying thank you. I know you're in charge. That's a good thing. All right, let's move on. Another interesting aspect of this name, El Elyon, is not only that he controls the physical realm, but he also controls the spiritual realm. Three of the four times that El Elyon is used in the New Testament, guess who utters the name? 
demons. How about that? Demons. The demons refer to Jesus as son of El Elyon, Ben El Elyon. It's important to remember that Satan, the devil, is always under the control of El Elyon. Always. We get a glimpse of this when Jesus turned to Simon Peter and said, look at the text, Luke 22. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked. Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail, may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Satan cannot do anything without permission from the Most High. God the Most High. The reason El Elyon doesn't just control the physical realm, he controls the spiritual realm too. Jesus one day ventured outside of Israel into a land called the Gadarenes. And he encountered a demon-possessed man that was living outside of the land that was promised to Abraham for the Israelites, for the Jews. Would Jesus have the authority outside of God's promised land, that that was given to his children, his nation? Well, yeah. Jesus commanded the legion of demons living in that man to come out. Pick up the text in Mark 5, 7. He shouted at the top of his voice, the demoniac, What do you want with me? Ben Elyon, son of the Most High God. In God's name, don't torture me. And Jesus allowed those demons to pass into a herd of about 2,000 pigs who promptly ran over a cliff into a lake and all drowned. What was that about? The son of El Elyon has control over the spiritual realm. That's what it's about. In Acts 16, some of Jesus' disciples came to a place where a girl had a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. This girl, immediately when Jesus' followers came into town, she stopped what she was doing and she just started following these people around and she was shouting. Pick up the text in Acts 16, verse 17. Look at the screens. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the... El Elyon, most high God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Now, what is all this about? I'll tell you. The son of El Elyon has control over the spiritual realm. That's what it's about. The devil and all of his minions have no power other than that which has been afforded them by El Elyon. Who has the final word in your physical healing? Who has the final word in your marriage and family? Who has the final word in your employment and advancement? What about your emotional and financial and relational battles? El Elyon controls it all. There is nothing and no one in all of existence, in all of the universe, that does not fall within his domain and jurisdiction. He's El Elyon. 
He's God most high. Now, let me tell you something. Everything that I've shared with you this morning is truth as best as I can understand it. There is no one above him. But I'm telling you, an all-controlling God, that is not a popular truth today. Oh, oh no. And before we want to jump on other people and other groups of people for their refusal to acknowledgement El Elyon, we need to kind of put ourselves a little bit in that category too because we all struggle with this along with those around us who really want to control some aspect of our lives. And Charles Spurgeon made the same point. I love so many of his quotes. I don't know if I can narrow down my favorites, but this is close to the top. Look at this statement. Men will allow God to be everywhere except on his throne. They'll allow him to be in his workshop to fashion worlds and make stars. They'll allow him to be in his place to disperse his arms, material things, and alms, I mean not arms, alms and material things, and bestow his bounties. They will allow him to sustain the earth and bear up the pillars thereof, or light the lamps of heaven, or rule the waves of the ever-moving ocean. But when God ascends his throne, his creatures then gnash their teeth. But we, but we proclaim an enthroned God and his right to do as he wills with his own, to dispose of his creatures as he thinks well without consulting them in the matter. Then it is that we are hissed and execrated, declared hateful. And then it is that men turn a deaf ear to us, for God on his throne is not the God they love. But it is the God upon the throne that we love to preach. That's the God we love. It is God upon his throne whom we trust and you live in a culture that does not want you to be so exclusive, exclusive as to say there is but one way to God. But you need to remind that culture around you, you didn't even make that claim. Hello, Yon made that claim. He's the most high God. He's in charge. And if he says there's but one way to me, okay then, you're in charge. It is El Elyon that we salute and worship. By the way, do you know where the salute comes from? You guys, it's over 400 years old. It dates all the way back to the defeat of the Spanish Armada in 1588. Oh, yeah, a naval tournament was arranged for the victorious British Navy seamen. And at the request of Admiral Drake, Queen Elizabeth at the time consented to come from London to award the prizes for their great victory. And the officer in charge of the arrangements issued orders that, quote, 
on account of the queen's dazzling loveliness of her majesty. Let me read that again. On account of the dazzling loveliness of her majesty, all men upon receiving their prizes should shield their eyes with their right hand. As the queen passed, each man lifted his hand as if to reduce the glare of her glory. Thus was born the military and naval salute. You didn't know where that came from. That's it. 435 years ago. When you worship El Elyon, what you just did this morning, what you're doing right now, do you know what's happening? You don't have your hand up to shield the Lord's glory. So when you worship him, all of that reflects off of you to everyone around you. That's why we get such a charge and we don't really know how to explain what happens when we come to church services. We leave here thinking, man, that was good. I needed it. I needed that. You know what's happening? You're receiving the glory of the Lord and it's just boom. It's just bouncing off of you. And it's hitting the people next to you and it hits you going out and it hits you. We're hoping you get so much, it just keeps reflecting this whole week. And that's why it's so important for us to be in his word on a daily basis and for to be in prayer. Let, let, let that glory just keep coming in and keep bouncing off. When you worship El Elyon, you're worshiping the one whose name, whose name is above all names. Hear me out. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Watch. Therefore, also, God highly exalted on him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. El Elyon El Elyon He is God most high. Father, we are talking about things of which we know so little. We are humbled to even utter this name. And were it not for your son and his sacrifice and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we couldn't even speak this name without being struck dead. I know it to be true. It's too good. But you told us to call out on El Elyon. And we want to live lives that reflect God Most High. And the fear and the reverence and the holiness that needs to come over us to change us into your likeness. Oh, Father, we with open arms receive that.
and ask that you would come in and have your way with us. You're the potter. We're the clay. Hear our hearts as we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, church. Let's stand.